don't know. You start in trouble again? That's what it sounds like to me. All right, well, let's go ahead and get started. Um, we have a new lesson today, and we're going to get started in it. Where There's no way we're going to get through the whole thing because it's, a, it's just action-packed. So we'll save some of that action-packed for future weeks. Um, lesson 17 in our study. And uh, we are getting towards the back end of the study, just so you know. So we'll have something new sometime in 2020. But um, this has been a great study that hopefully helps you to tap into how the Word meets up with your present-day situation and reality as far as how we develop as believers in Jesus Christ. Um, We need to keep exploring those areas as well as remembering that... um, we need to be able to disciple others as well, too, about situations that we may experience in counseling and speaking with other people. So that's always the goal in mind as we do this study and, and all future studies, frankly. Um, because of our level of maturity in, as believers, we need to continue to keep growing in those areas, keep functioning strong, strongly in those areas as well, too. And with that in mind, we're going to go ahead and look to the Lord with a word of prayer, and we will get started. Father, we just thank you for this time that you've set aside for us to gather together to hear you speak to us. We thank you for the reminder of your presence as we gather in your name. We thank you for the power of the Holy Spirit. We thank you for how the Spirit enriches us, teaches us, enlightens us helps us to see things from a perspective that we perhaps haven't seen even up until now. We thank you, though, for that instruction. We thank you for how you love us, how you remind us of your love, and how you continue to nurture us and keep us in the best of times and in the worst of times. We thank you, Lord, and we ask all of these things in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Lesson 17. It's your move, God. Continuing in the study area about God, do you hear prayer? And now we're going to kind of expand upon where we were before and look at another aspect of this where we need to understand God's movement in the midst of our appeals to him, our pleas to him, our prayers, our basically statements and praying on behalf of other people. Let's take a look at this more closely. Um, So I'm going to give you a little rundown to set this up. So at the top of page one, if you'd like to follow along, I can kind of give you a uh, a synopsis of where this is going. So it says at the top, many moons ago, this is me writing, too many to count. One of the pastimes during lunch breaks in junior high and high school involved playing games of chess or watching other people play. Chess was a big deal back then. Bobby Fischer and Boris Spassky were heralded champions in chess, and many of us were newcomers to the game. I was admittedly not a great player, but I did learn more and more about the importance of strategy as I was trying to play. I had played checkers and another version of a checker game called Chess Pool, which sounds more like a hood name of the game Pool Checkers maybe to make it sound more sophisticated than just ordinary checkers. But checker games require very little strategy than in chess. 
successful chess players can think ahead about future moves as they watch the whole board. How many of you play chess? One, two people, three people. Okay, so you, do you play now or are you playing, or just played in the past and you haven't played past? Okay, yeah, all right. For me, it's a long past. I haven't played chess in a long time. But you see what it requires when you play chess. You've got to watch what the opposition is doing. You have to make sure that you have the proper strategy and make sure that you don't put yourself in a checkmate after three moves, Okay. That's the one thing you don't ever want to see happen in the chess game. It's like the game is over in three moves. Okay, now here's back to the study. God sees the whole board, not just the next move. His knowledge is vast, long, deep, and often invisible to us. We want to measure if he is listening to our prayers by the movement on the board... And often all we get is silence and stillness. Isaiah 64 expresses well the way we often feel when we want to just see something from God so we know he is listening. And that's another thing about chess, too. Some chess games can take a long time to play. You may not be able to play that game in one afternoon. It may, it may stop and maybe even continue to the next day. So we're talking about the long-term approach here. Let's take a look at Isaiah 64.1. What did Isaiah long for God to do in Isaiah 64.1? Let's take a look at what the passage says. 64.1. It says, Oh, that you would rend the heavens and come down, that the mountains might quake at your presence. What was Isaiah longing for? He wanted to see God do something. What was he longing for? It's not a trick question. Look at the verse again. What is he saying? Oh, that you would rend the heavens and come down, that the mountains might quake at your presence. Y'all need to drink some more coffee. Pardon me? Open up the sky and come. He, is, he wants to see God's presence. It's not a trick. He just wants to see God do something. He wants to see God open up the heavens, rend himself, make himself visible, show yourself. Come down that the mountains might quake at your presence. So he's actually asking for, to see God's presence. And is giving you the description that when you show up, everything stops or everybody just pays attention. The mountains are quaking at your presence. Now, if suddenly the sky ripped open, the mountains quaked, and God came down, Isaiah would know God heard and listened to him, wouldn't he? If if that actually would happen after he said that, then he would say, hey, God responded to this prayer, this appeal for him to show up. Now, let's think about this for a moment. Is instant response the way you know God is listening to you? 
Do you grow impatient on this side of the chessboard waiting for a move? Well, let's answer that first question. Is instant response the way you know God is listening to you? You have experienced it. Okay. That's fine. It is on his time. On the, on the, I would say on the vast majority of our prayers, the vast majority of our prayers, if we are praying for something, we very, very, very seldom experience instant responses. You know, that's one thing we have to keep in mind. You know, there's a big difference between regular coffee and instant coffee. Amen? Amen. Instant coffee. Instant coffee. I know. I cannot drink instant coffee. Instant coffee. You just put hot water on it and drink that stuff. And it still tastes like, you know, somebody dipped a black crayon in water as far as I'm concerned, because that's all it's worth. Coffee has to be brewed. It takes some time. It takes a relative amount of time. Maybe it's a few minutes if you have a K-cup. Maybe it's if you have a pot. You're brewing and it takes a few minutes after that. But the point is, there's a dramatic difference between brewed coffee and instant coffee. Instant coffee and brewed coffee, obviously, are two different things. But we need to understand, too, that the same result happens. It's coffee in some form. Well, work with me here. Okay. Okay, fine. So that's personal taste aside. And, and, and I just got through saying I don't drink instant coffee. So personal taste aside, the end result is still the same. But we're still now talking about prayer, and we're talking about how God's prayers typically are not instantaneous in response. So let's look at the second question. Do you grow impatient on this side of the chessboard waiting for a move? Yes. That's an honest answer. Yes, we do grow impatient. We don't necessarily like to wait for God's answers to prayer. We're not wired that way. We as individuals understand what the word says, and we know that God is responsive to us. We know we just got through the last lesson talking about how we know that God is present and has a loving presence with us, even if we don't hear his prayers. But now we come back to that and look at, we still lack patience. We still lack this whole thing about being patient as he responds, yes. Especially if you're praying for something you feel is against them, like you're praying for someone's salvation. Yes. Or safety for a loved one. You feel like those are good things. Why can't we see an immediate answer? And yet we have to wait. That's a great point. Everybody hear that? No? Let's repeat it a little bit. Paraphrasing what Mrs. Gaines said. Especially when you're praying for someone's salvation. Of course you want to see that person saved. Of course you want to see that person come to know the Lord Jesus Christ. So that's a very noble prayer. There's nothing wrong with a prayer like that. But we know from personal experience that salvation may take, from the time you start praying until a person receives salvation, 30 to 40 years. 30 to 40 years. It really depends on a lot of circumstances. And the circumstances have to do what? That person being ready to make a decision for Jesus Christ. Nothing wrong with the prayer, but the expectation is, Lord, save this person. 
And the reason why you pray that way is because you see a person living a life that is either reckless or you just know it's not following the Lord. You want to see that person saved for their own personal safety. But we now have to separate that, too, because that is not also an assurance. Still want to see him get saved, though, or her get saved. Okay. Sometimes we feel just like Isaiah. Oh, that you would make this house sell. Oh, that you would heal the cancer. We know how that feels, don't we? Amen. We sure do. Now we can. Now we're personalizing it. Oh, that you would make that house sell. Mrs. Gaines and I have been through this stuff before. Recent history about houses selling. Yeah, you know, selling a house, getting it out of the way, getting it where it's beneficial for the person where we were taking care of it for. Oh, that you would heal this cancer. Amen. Pardon me. Yeah, we, pardon me? Oh, yes, for Brent. That's right. We prayed for that, too. Habakkuk, the eighth of the minor prophets, Habakkuk, excuse me. Habakkuk, the eighth of the minor prophets, prayed about the unjust behavior of his people. Turn to Habakkuk chapter 1. We're going to spend a little bit of time in Habakkuk because we need to also recognize and see He was a prophet. He had all kinds of dialogue with God about what was going on. Habakkuk 1, and we're going to look at verse 2. O Lord, how long shall I cry for help? And you will not hear. Or cry to you violence. And you will not save. Okay. What did he pray in Habakkuk 1-2? Express the idea in your own words. See, I hope what you're looking at here, when you look at these things, we're looking at this with a little bit more in-depth We don't just read verses for the sake of reading verses. You need to be able to understand exactly what you're being, what you're reading and put behind it what is being spoken by the actual person who's involved here. Still God inspired. It still comes from him. But what exactly is going on in Habakkuk's mind when he writes this? I need you now, Lord. Excellent. Anything else? He's concerned about the actions of his people. Right? If you read ahead, you would see that. And he is concerned about his people. And he is a prophet that represents his people, more or less. And he has a concern. And the word violence, notice the violence in there? Violence. But you're not responding. He sees all kinds of stuff going on around him. It's just like it is today. Stealing air conditioners. 
that we have to put up cameras. You know, in a, in a perfect world, we don't have to put up cameras, do we? Lady steals a wheelchair from a guy who parks his wheelchair outside of a, of a, uh, a store up in Cleveland. Just takes a $7,500 wheelchair, drives away with it. He got it back this morning, by the way. Police found it. But just the idea, why are you stealing somebody's wheelchair? People, we need to understand that we, these prayers can be related to what is going on today. They absolutely can. Just take yourself and put yourself in a situation in your neighborhood or where you are. You got people shooting people in, other, in some parts of uh, Akron. You got people who are, you know, all we're hearing about, if you turn on the TV, is somebody got shot over here. Somebody got shot over here. A couple of people got shot over here by more than one person. Of course this is relatable. All the windows being broken in North Akron. That's right. Somebody's just firing rocks at people's windows. Normally a quiet neighborhood. Somebody does something like that. It's not just disruption. What it tells you is that we are certainly living in Satan's domain. And we, there is no list of things that's short, <laughs> short list of things to be prayerful about. You pray. Okay. Oh, Lord, how long shall I cry for help? And you will not hear. So Habakkuk is talking about a length of time that has passed where he's been making appeals to the Lord and he's waiting for an answer. Or cry to you violence and you will not save. People are getting hurt. People are dying. I never underestimate the prayers about travel mercies each day. On the road all the time. And, you know, let's face it, driving is more dangerous than flying. You know, you would like to think flying, flying is one of the safest things you can do. Really, just from this, the, the number of plane crashes, the number of planes that fly all the time, it's so infinitesimal, it's not even worth considering. Well, don't do that. Don't do that. It's, flying is still the safest way of travel. Driving is hardly that. I mean, there are people who go out in the morning and don't come back for different reasons. Habakkuk associated long-prayed, unanswered prayers with God simply not listening. When we pray how long prayers, we can wonder if God is listening to us too. And again, this is going to relate to individuals who are really thinking about Sincere prayers, focusing on the Lord Jesus Christ, and not even so much even praying for yourself, but praying for your loved ones, praying for your family members. How long? How long? That's true, but does that make it, as long as it takes, easy to deal with? No. That's right. You just keep praying. Now, Keep this in mind as you're talking to people or discipling people about prayer and the importance of prayer and not stopping praying. Because remember, this is not so much also for us, but also for us as we disciple others. Because some people may not be very mature when it comes to prayer. Or some people may not be very mature when it comes to their view of who God is. So you're going to have to help them with that. You're going to have to get them in the right direction. 
Okay. Now, this is Jennifer speaking. I felt that way, this next paragraph, felt that way when blindness met menopause. I go, uh-oh. My little gulp in there. Blindness met menopause. Well, you ladies know about menopause. And I'm not going any further than that. Well, we, I know what it is. So, the result, now look at what she says here. The result was depression. Menopause messes with your body, big time. Guys, if you don't know anything about this, I'm going to tell you right now. Menopause, for ladies, messes with your body big time. There's a lot that goes on. And women don't complain about it because, frankly, they commiserate with each other about it. (laughs) Are you still having hot flashes? Yes, I am. Are you still going through this? Yes, I am. They don't complain to you guys about it. But it really messes with their bodies. It's a chemical thing. It ain't no fun. And in this case, Jennifer Rothschild is saying, like, I'm blind, I can't see, and now I've got to go through menopause. And it was the result was getting depressed. It lasted far longer than I expected. I remember praying the how long prayer. How long, Lord, will I be in this low place with no energy and no ability to do life? Menopause can do that to you, too. Saps your energy. And it's not the same for everybody, by the way. Notice that? It has different responses for different people. When we pray a Habakkuk-like how long prayer, it is often followed by an Isaiah-like, oh, that you would prayer. For me, it was, oh, that you would just heal me, lift me, and pull me out of this pit. Now, I appreciate Jennifer sharing her personal experiences. Because as you know, she was not born blind. That developed over time. And when you want to be an artist and you think that's what your talent is and you want to draw, and now all of a sudden you can't do what you felt your talent and gift would be, that's a major thing to deal with. So she's had to adapt her life as she's gone on. And I'll show you another example of that later on here. Oh, that you would just heal me, lift me, and pull me out of this pit. What is your how long prayer? What is your how long prayer? Now, you don't have to answer this out loud if you don't want to. This is strictly voluntary. But if you have a how long prayer, jot it down on your sheet in front of you. And just stare at it for a minute. What is your how long prayer? All of us, if we think really hard, have a how long prayer. We have one. You probably have more. All of us probably have more than one. We have more than one. There are prayers. Now, now let, me, let me preface this by saying this. As a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, you have to be thinking outside of yourself. Do you know Why? Because it's God's character that he thinks outside of himself. If you are emulating Christ as a believer, you think outside of yourself. Now, the how long prayer may have to do with you personally, but I'm pretty sure that how long prayers also should be dealing with other people you know. 
and are familiar with. Yes. Okay. And I'm just like talking with my wife. I'm talking, expressing myself. Yeah. To this subject, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Very good. Any other comments? No. Yes. That's right. He absolutely is listening. Yes. That's right. Amen. Roscoe just made a very profound statement. And we've established this during the class. Of course he hears your prayers. We know that he hears your prayers. We know that he has that intimate relationship with you. It's just that there are going to be occasions where you pray and you don't really get an inkling of anything. There's no real response, per se. Well, we have to understand and come back to the fact that because we are in the flesh, it bothers us. It doesn't change what God's Word says. But it still bothers us. It still is an issue with us that we have to Wrestle with at times, especially if we're talking how long as in wow. We're not just talking about a week. We're talking long-term stuff. Remember the analogy of the chess game. A chess game can go for weeks. A chess game can go for as long as you want to until somebody says, I quit. Or I just have to get off of the game. Chess games can go for as long as you want. We have to understand that way of reasoning and thinking as we look at this. And that's clearly not going to be an instant thing where if you play a football game, you know there's a 60-minute football game. It takes three hours to play it. There's going to be an end to that game eventually. It's a completely different thing than playing a game of chess. We have to realize it's his time and his way. And we understand that because of Scripture saying those things, but we still have to do what? Bring it in. Bring it in. It's not so simple, especially when you're praying for something that can be somewhat desperate. Someone's life. Okay, someone's health. Remember the analogies? Oh, Lord, if you just heal this cancer. Yeah. Okay. What is your oh that you would prayer? So you're thinking like Habakkuk and now you're thinking like Isaiah. What is your oh that you would prayer? Well, your homework assignment is going to be, if you don't have an answer to that, look at those two sentences and jot something down. Because you keep these sheets, of course, and you take them with you and you carry them and you go over this. So what is your how long prayer? What is your oh that you would prayer?
Now you can look, go back and look at the examples in Habakkuk and in Isaiah and think those things out. I challenge you to do that. I challenge you, I challenge everyone here to do that. Look at those things. And you know why? Because it's good for you to analyze how you're praying. It's prayer analysis. Analyze how you're praying. Are your prayers focused in the right place? Are they focused, and this is something you would challenge the Lord, Lord, help me to know what I'm expressing here. Help me to sort these things out as I relate them to you. Now, we're praying to a God who's all eternal and knows all about you, but sometimes you don't even know about you. You don't even know about you. You, you think you know some stuff. When the Lord starts revealing things to you, oh boy, you just might learn something about yourself. Did you have your hand up or you were just... Go ahead, I'm sorry. Yes. Yes. Both prayers could be the same thing. It could be exactly the same subject. Yes. Because understand what you're, you're, these are two different statements that are built in within it. How long, as in, boy, you waited a long time. Oh, that you would. Oh, boy, I'm just waiting for you to show yourself, Lord, do something. That's two different things. Remember, you're just looking for something. Now, I would just throw this in also to let you know, look, these aren't the only things you are praying about, but these are things that you are developing your relationship with Jesus Christ as you pray, as you remain focused on him. He is still affirming you and showing you things, even though he may not be giving you answers specifically for this prayer. You have to see that. God knows that we have to see evidence of his presence. It may not be in the answer, but it may be in other things around you. Did you? Reminds you of Joseph? Oh, boy. Think about even halfway through his journey that we see in Scripture. Yep. It had to be a how long, Lord, when he was in jail and the cupbearer said, you know, I'll remember you to the king. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. And the guy had to wait in jail even after that for another year, two years, right? Two years. That's a how long there. Absolutely. Great example, by the way. Now, turn over to page two. It's right on the back. I, some of you, they should be printed on the back side. Here's a question. Has God answered those prayers? Has God answered those how long prayers? A how long prayer that you have in front of you or the oh that you would prayer? Has God answered those prayers? Well, that's either a yes or a no. He may have, if you wrote down an old one, he may have answered it. Do you think he is listening? Yes. Now, we can say that because we know God's character. There are a lot of people that you may be discipling 
maybe even people who go to this church that might say no. I'm preparing you for that because you cannot talking and nothing's happening. There we go. You cannot assume that people are able to interpret and understand that God does indeed answer prayer, but they have to sometimes be patient about it. But depending upon someone's emotional outlook or where they are emotionally, they may feel legitimately in their own mind that God is not listening. Don't assume that everyone has the same information you do. Don't do it. They may legitimately feel that way. And, they, and that may be for a myriad of reasons why. Let's say their life in its, by itself is a mess. Well, if your life is a mess, you don't think God's listening to you. It's just logical. Ask Job. That's right. Or ask Joe. Your average Joe. Don't assume that people think that God is listening. This stuff has to be taught. You don't just infer this stuff. You have to be taught. Did God listen to Habakkuk's prayers for justice? Turn to Habakkuk 1.5. Well, let's go back to Habakkuk 1.5. I think we're still in Habakkuk. Read Habakkuk 1.5. Let's take a look. Look among the nations and see. This is the Lord's answer. Look among the nations and see. Wonder and be astounded, for I am doing a work in your days that you would not believe if told. That's one amazing answer. And you know that when we talk about revivals of our nations and things like that, we need to understand that God can do amazing things. Things that are beyond our imagination. Don't ever forget that. The answer he's giving here is just as easily, just as easily could be an answer for today. Look among the nations and see, wonder and be astounded, for I am doing a work in your days that you would not believe if told. In other words, somebody might tell you he's going to do these things, but you won't believe how it comes out. God not only listened, he answered. What did God say? Say it again. He's still working. He's still moving. He's still doing. See the key word in there, doing? He's still doing. Wonder and be astounded. I am doing a work in your days. Notice how he says days. Because it's not just limited to one day, it's limited to a stretch of time that may be encompassing even your entire life. He's doing a work in your days. 
during your existence that you will be able to see and you will not believe it. Now, I got to tell you something. When you look in Thessalonians and you look at the rapture, how it's described and what is meant for us to understand what's going to happen, well, it's meant for the Thessalonians because they were especially inquisitive about the Lord's coming. So God in his wisdom puts this description in, in Scripture about the rapture, what's going to happen during the rapture. So he's describing it. The dead shall be drawn up out of the ground in a new body to meet the Lord in the air. Those of us who are alive will also basically have the ability to fly because we're going to move up and see him in the air too. Now, we won't have to have capes like superheroes, but we'll be able to fly and meet him in the air. Now, i got to tell you something. That's just a description. How do you think it's going to really Look when it really happens. Even though you know what's going to happen, if you believe this scripture, you won't believe it when it happens. It will be unbelievable. Because there's nothing that you've ever seen anything like this. When superheroes fly, that's all fantasy stuff. That's all imagination stuff. We're not talking about real life. We're talking about characters created to show having superhuman powers. But we don't have anything to relate to that. So imagine when that happens, what that's going to look like. And I trust that you'll be the one up there meeting him in in the air. Yes, absolutely, because that's what you want. You want to be there. That's an appointment you want. What is God saying? I'm doing a work in your days that you would not believe if told. God told Habakkuk he was going to answer his prayer and that Habakkuk was going to be utterly amazed. Isn't that just like God? Because even when we get the answer to our prayer after praying for 25, 30, 35 40 years, we're still astounded because of what happens. We're still amazed by that. We know what we want to see, but when we see God working, all we can do is say, praise the Lord, over and over again. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. That and that requires movement, doesn't it? You did the domino effect. Hitting dominoes, that's movement. That's movement. Until it ends. Until you get the answer. But all that time there had to be movement. Something going on. Whether you see it or don't see it, something's happening. That's the mystery of God. That is how we have to... We certainly know the pat answer is that it's in God's timing. We understand that because that 
is relevant to how even Jesus came onto the scene after 400 years of silence. It was all in his perfect time. Perfect time meaning perfect according to God's timing. Not our timing. That's God's timing. There's a purpose in it. Oh, absolutely. All, and if the purpose is no other purpose than to glorify him, there's a purpose in it. There is definitely a purpose in it. Did you? Why do you think there's such a gap in, in, in that particular thought? What you just said. About timing? Yeah. There's God's time and then there's our time. And they're not even close to God. Because we equate our experience to being finite. We don't look at it from an eternal perspective. That's the simple answer to the question. We look at our timing as finite. You have to teach people they're eternal beings. You have to teach people that they're eternal. They were created for eternity. You are here and you are an eternal being. God created you for an eternity. Go ahead, I'm sorry. Yeah. 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 That's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah. That's right. This is why God has to teach us about living for Christ. And having an eternal perspective of life. Now understand something. I'm going to repeat this one more time. Because you need to understand that. You have to be taught your eternal beings. You're not finite. Remember a lot of people who are deceived by Satan. Think when they die. They don't exist anymore. Don't assume. That even believers. Understand this principle. That they're eternal. Because we have to understand that you're going to be discipling people that are all jacked up sometimes in their thinking. You don't know where they've been brought up. You don't know where they're coming from. You don't know what church experience they've had. If they have one, they may be just dabbling here, dabbling there. There's a lot of people who dabble, 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 dabble. But they don't have any foundational understanding of Scripture. A lot of dabblers out there. Well, that's why they're dabbling, because they don't really quite know what they're putting their hands on. They're easily influenced by other people. You know, they'll follow what Oprah says. They'll follow what people say on TV. You have to understand, people in Hollywood have a lot of influence on a lot of people's thinking, and even when it comes to scriptural things, or spiritual things, excuse me, spiritual things. And so, and they're just jacked up with their thinking. So where do you think they're going to be? Just as jacked up as they are. I know that was Bell too. Think about those things, and we're going to pick up with this next week. I want you to understand that when we disciple people, we need to learn them as much as we can about them <laughs> as we express truth to them. Because I'm telling you right now, if they have a, a bad view of God or they don't understand God, of course they're going to say, God's not listening to me. He doesn't care about me. He's not thinking about me. He doesn't have any. There's no way. I'm the least important person he would be even paying attention to. When in actuality, he, you're the most important person he pays attention to. 
Be ready to teach people. Father, we thank you for this time that you've given us to really sort through this whole discussion. And Lord, we are understanding what Scripture says, but we also know that we need to be able to translate that and help other people understand it too. How do we put, go from point A to point B? And Lord, we need to be reminded too of your goodness. Remember that we are not finite thinkers, but we're eternal thinkers. We recognize your presence, and we recognize your timing, and we know that you understand the big picture, as opposed to little things here, little things there. You know the big picture for all of us. We thank you for those reminders. We thank you for salvation itself. We thank you for eternity. Help us, Lord, to continue to focus on those things as we pray. Help us to be able to soar through those prayers where we say, how long? Those prayers that say, oh, that you would, Lord. Thank you for that greater focus that you give to us. We pray now for the upcoming message and the speaker. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. We'll see you next time.